So your help would be a plus. Traveling, shopping, ordering a panini. Well, you can count on me and see. Keep your distance. Wash your hands. It takes a face covering. As we're all discovering, we're all in this together like a potpourri. Well, you can count on me and see. Visit countonmenc.org. Hello and welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. I hope that you're having a good day. We all know what today is. It's November 3rd, 2020. It's Election Day, better known as D-Day. Thankfully, more than 90 million people have already cast their ballots. Now, we're going to expect a little bit of voter suppression today in some places. I hope you have a plan to vote if you have not voted. I hope that you bring somebody with you if you feel unsafe that you go somewhere that you feel comfortable. I really hope that there's not a lot of issues, problems, and nonsense that goes on today. But everything that's led up to this election has been nonsense by both parties, especially the Republicans. And I want to say this, and I want to make this very clear. If you go to any site and you see an ad for the Republican Party or Donald Trump in general, I do not endorse those ads. I have nothing to do with those ads. They are placed there by the apps. They're trying to make money. The Republicans are spending money still today. I noticed that my uh, app sites are flooded with these ads. I have no control over them. I just want that to be crystal clear to you that I am not in any way, shape, or form selling out, making a dime off of these, that I endorse them that I co-signed them, that I agree with them. A lot of them I have been trying to get removed. I've been trying to use whatever little power that I have by writing letters to the app holders saying it's perfectly fine to run ads, but they don't have to be political. And believe it or not, some app sites have. TalkShoe has took the verbal Republican ads off, but they have now flooded my TalkShoe site with print ads. And I guess there's nothing I can do about it. As I grow, I will start paying for these sites so that I can control. I did make myself a promise that I would have complete control of my podcast. What is said, what is added, what is advertised, uh, the websites that are involved. And uh, it takes time. It takes time. You have to grow. You have to grow your audience. Your audience has to be vocal. They have to see that you have a lot of subscribers. And I am working towards that. I am putting as much energy and effort into making Strange Talk with Doc an enjoyable listening experience for anybody who chooses to tune in. Uh, So remember, subscribe, share, comment. I love your comments. I do not care if you email me or message me. I do have a website listed at the bottom. You can see it in probably bold blue hyperlink on whatever app that you are listening. You can hit on there. Send me a message. If you would like to be on the show and we could talk about some subjects, feel free to reach out to me. So the COVID virus, COVID-19 virus. 9.3 million cases in the United States of America, 232,000 people have died. 47 million cases worldwide and 1.2 million people have died. I like to say a rest in peace to those souls. I like to say a speedy recovery to those who are suffering 
from this disease, this virus, if you will. I wish them nothing but a speedy recovery. I wish it as a blip on their map, something that they can talk about years later and say, you remember when? Well, you know, I had it and I made it through quite fine and there was no lingering effects. That's what I wish. There's nobody that I wish harm to in this matter. This week, we lost Herb Alberley. He's a Hall of Fame cornerback who won three Super Bowls. He died at the age of 81. He played for the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. He won two with Green Bay and one with the Dallas Cowboys. So rest in peace. And also rest in peace to Sir Thomas Sean Connery, who died at the age of 90, better known to everybody as James Bond. When I was growing up, James Bond was the epitome of the cool guy. The dude with the fancy cars, the Aston Martin. I mean, he was just the guy. Uh, There was nobody in movies who really compared to the James Bond character. I really have fell off of watching James Bond movies lately. Uh, I don't think I've really seen the Daniel Craig years. But the Sean Connery years was me as a young kid. And that's what I remember the most. And I say to him, rest in peace, Sir Thomas Sean Connery. So the Prime Minister of the UK, Boris Johnson, he's announced that on Thursday, they're going to re-lock down the UK to December 2nd because they want to avoid a medical and moral disaster. You notice that one of those words we never use in this country, moral We never mention the word moral in anything that we do in the United States of America. And that's pretty sad. So I wish the UK luck because the United States had a record 99,000 infections last Friday, which was the highest number we have ever seen. Now, this is six, seven months into COVID and we are getting worse instead of getting better And we're on top of it. The weather has become cold in most places in America and flu season is here. So if you haven't got your flu shot, please start thinking about setting up an appointment with your doctor to get your flu shot. Forget all that vaccine shit. Forget about all that. They're trying to, you know, conspiracy theory me with some kind of bug. Protect yourself. Protect your family. Protect your coworkers. Protect elderly in your family. We got Thanksgiving coming up. You don't need a sickness that might be diagnosed as COVID when you only have the flu and you can avoid that. I know it's an inconvenience, but do what you must to be the best you that you can be. I understand you go to gym. I understand you wear nice clothes. You eat the proper foods. But what about medically taking care of yourself? Make sure that you go to the doctor, you go to the dentist, you go get your eye exam. Do the things that you have to do to prolong your life and make your life as good as humanly possible. I listened to a CD from KRS-One. I don't know when this really came out, but it just came to my attention a couple of days ago. And the name of the CD is I Am Hip Hop. KRS-One, this is a two hour and 42 minute long CD featuring too many artists to mentioned here. I mean, everybody from Red Man, Method Man, Talib Kualib, 
MC Light and a bunch of other people, including foreign artists, German rappers, I believe. This was a phenomenal CD. If you have never heard KRS-One and you just think he's some old school dude from a long gone time, do yourself a favor and listen to the CD. I literally listened to this CD the whole two hours and 42 minutes in a row. No pausing, no fast forwarding, and it never bored me once. Uh, the teacher was on point. He didn't over preach. He entertained. I mean, this was master of ceremony as MCing should be. High level, the beats were banging. Everything about this was supreme. And like I said, I don't know exactly when it dropped, but it has a date of saying 2020. This is one of the best CDs that I've heard. And I have to give him a big thumbs up. So I watched some TV this week. Naturally, I watched Saturday Night Live. I was pretty disappointed in the Strokes. The Strokes disappointed me because they did not do Brooklyn to Chorus Live. I really was looking forward to them doing Brooklyn to Chorus Live. Yes, they did the adults are talking. That was all right. But Brooklyn to Chorus, being a New York band on Saturday Night Live from New York, I figured they would pull out the Brooklyn song, but they didn't. I also tried to get into Shit's Creek. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a horrible show. I did not like it at all. It was boring. I made it through two episodes, and I mean made it through two episodes. It was the best that I could do. And I said, you know what? I am bailing on this. This I don't know if it's because it was Canadian-style human. I just don't get it. Or I just felt that it wasn't a show that really catered to an audience outside of a white audience for lack of a better term. So I didn't feel that in even a comedic terms that they were speaking to the general public. They were just speaking to a group of people, and I happened to not be a part of the group of people they speak to. The Good Doctor returned last night. I haven't seen that episode as of yet, or I have not seen the latest episode of Fargo, but I will be watching those today as I sit around and wait for all the election coverage. And I will be watching the election coverage from the beginning to the end. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. I will watch the whole thing because I don't think that there's anything more important today than the election. The election is like if our lives depends on it. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like my life doesn't depend on the results of this election. It's going to affect maybe not me directly, but it will affect people in my life directly. And that way, it also indirectly affects me because how they're affected will affect me. If I care about somebody who gets hurt because of laws, regulations, restrictions that might come up, it affects me just like it should affect you. And you have to sit back if you have not voted and ask yourself some questions. And some of the questions are simple. Is anything better? I know that the Democrats and the Republicans alike are both shysty. They're both not above board. They both have done things to hurt groups of people who are in the minority in this country. That is the way politics was built. It was not built for everybody. It was not built to take care of everybody. But what has happened over the course of the last, say, five and a half years, the blatant racism, 
the blatant disregard for certain people in this country, mostly black men and women, and nobody in the federal government to stand up for us. The threat of taking the rights away from women again. Threats of taking the rights away from the LBGTQ community who have worked very hard to get the rights that we all got. But to have the Supreme Court set up as though over the next four years, Trump could do whatever he wants to reverse, keep putting in federal judges who will turn things around and start giving stiffer penalties for crimes that don't deserve them. I mean, these appointments are not for a year or four years. Some of these appointments are to retirement. So we need to get a new administration in there. Somebody who will at least, at least on the outward, pretend as though they don't hate us. His administration can say they hate us to our face. And it's almost like we have to take it. And it's not just that. The fire has been lit. And what happens today determines what kind of water gets put on that fire. Will it be gasoline-filled tanks of water, or will it be foam water to start cooling this bad boy down? Because think about what is going on in America. America is boarding up as though we are expecting us to implode. We have boarded up Manhattan. We have boarded up California. We boarded up Washington, Philadelphia. Almost every major city in the U.S. has boarded up their downtown because they expect people to act a fool. And it's only because of the climate. Any other time in my life, we have accepted the results of the presidential election without question, basically, even when there have been questionable things like Hillary winning the popular vote, but losing the electoral vote. Nobody went apeshit. Nobody tore anything up. This Al Gore conceding. Nobody did anything. But this climate is now locked and loaded. We are to the point where we're locked and loaded and we don't know what's going to happen. And it's a scary situation. And I'm going to actually talk more about the repercussions of this on Saturday's show, because by then we should have a clearer understanding of what happened tonight. Saturday's show, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you would like to call in and be a guest, you already explained, just go to the website, send me a message or an email. I will send you a link where we can chop this up. I don't care what side of the fence that you sit on. It's more discussion, the better. I would like to know how you feel if you don't have my approach, and maybe we can come to some kind of agreement, because right now we're going to either go to peace or we're going to go to the gun, and we got to figure out which one is it going to be, and it's a pretty scary thing because there are going to be innocent lives lost. And there's no two ways about that. So Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback for Clemson, number one team in the nation, he's not going to play Saturday against Notre Dame because he has COVID-19, and he had to miss last week's game. I wish Trevor Lawrence a speedy recovery. You know, it's not that I'm a big fan of Clemson. And as far as I know, I also would like to send well wishes to the young man from Mississippi State who seemed to have had a horrific accident in practice where he couldn't have any feeling in his body. And I'm not up to date on this right now. And I'm hoping that by now he has recovered 
feeling in his extremities that this young 18, 19 year old man can go on and have a productive life, even if it does not involve ever playing a down of football again, but that he can become an adult, conductive person, that he has all movements, that there is no lingering effects from this, that a miracle actually happens in his life. So we had a fight card from UFC on Yaz Island this weekend. Uriah Hall fought Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva is a true legend. He is a class act. I really wished Anderson would not have fought for the last three years or so. Ever since he had that leg injury, he's never seemed to be the same. He is 45 or going on 46 years old. He hung in there tough for three rounds to the very end of the third round where he got dinged up pretty good. And I thought Uriah Hall was going to attack, but Uriah Hall's got that laid back karate dude thing. So he doesn't pit bull you. And so hopefully we've seen Anderson Silva, the spider, very last time fighting in the UFC or anywhere. I don't want to see him in Bellator. I don't want to see him in Japan. I want him to go on and live a good life. I think he deserves it. He has a lot of love out there. People respect and love and appreciate the talent, class, and style that he has portrayed all these years, and I wish him nothing but the best. He has nothing left to prove. You don't need to walk away with a W to seal your legacy. You already cemented, my man. You're already locked in. Maurice Green fought Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy bullied him. And you could tell that it was only going to be a matter of time before Greg Hardy got to him. This wasn't the greatest card, but this was a solid uh, card. And I'm wrong. It wasn't from Yaz Island. It was from Las Vegas at the Apex Center. So they're back in America. And Bobby Green fought Tiago Moses. Now, Tiago Moses and Bobby Green, that was a good fight. It went the distance. Bobby Green seems to be very busy since pandemic. You know, he's one of those guys that Dana can rely on. As a matter of fact, they've been hyping up this Dana White's uh, contender series. So I'm going to actually start watching the contender series. And he also announced that the Ultimate Fighter would be back. And I'm very happy. I've been a big fan of the Ultimate Fighter for years. I hope that he gets two really good coaches. People that not somebody that's polarizing just for the fact that they're polarizing, but a coach that we could actually like. And I'm hoping that one of the coaches to tell you the God's honest truth is not Jorge Moscovall. I was a big fan of Moscovall, but I am no longer. I thought he showed his ass to to the people of America with his Trumpian thing at the last minute. So I'm going to pass on him. This weekend, we're going to, I'm just going to talk some brief football, and then I'm going to say peace to you. This week, Arizona Cardinals, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, and that Washington football team, they all had bye weeks. The now 0-8 Jets played the now 7-1 Chiefs, and they lost 35-9. to We didn't expect anything less than this. The Chiefs are outstanding. The Jets are horrible. The 2-5 Patriots lost to the 6-2 Buffalo Bills, 24-21. The Bills didn't look particularly outstanding, but the Patriots' defense was allowing the Bills to run up and down the field on them. Cam Newton made a horrible turnover 
late in the game with a chance in field goal range to tie the game and maybe take it to overtime. But I thought the Bills would win this game anyway. So, you know, the Patriots are not who they were. They have really nothing out there. There's nobody that you could really name on that offense other than Cam Newton and Edelman who seems to be hurt all the time now. A shocker was the 5-2 and two Titans lost to the 2-5-1 Bengals, 31-20. The Bengals are a tough team. Joe Barrow is a solid professional football player. He looks like he could be around for 10 years back there. He's not playing like a rookie per se. He's doing the best he can. He's keeping them competitive. And so, you know what? The, good for the Bengals. They have something to work with. The 4-3 and three Raiders beat the 5-3 and three Cleveland Browns, 16-6. to six. Baker Mayfield exposed once again. I mean, his numbers were horrendous. He doesn't look good from week to week. And when he does look good, he puts it in our face. So you always know if Baker had a good game by how he speaks. And this was not a good game. The Browns are one of the worst five and three teams that I've ever seen in my life. I don't have any faith in them being, you know, they're no threat to nothing. Okay. The five and two Colts beat the three and four Detroit Lions 41-21. You know what? I guess it's not that horrible a move that Indianapolis picked up Old Man Rivers because at least he makes them competitive. They seem like they'll have the record to be a playoff team. Will they be a threat to do anything to the big boys like the Ravens, the Steelers, or the Kansas City Chiefs? No, but they could, you know, they'll be there. The Titans will be there. And that's pretty much what's going to be your AFC, the Bills, the Titans, the Colts, the Chiefs, the Steelers, and the Ravens. I think I named pretty much every team who will be represented in the AFC playoffs. The 4-3 and three overrated Rams lost to the 4-3 and three Dolphins in Miami, 28-17. Tua Tagovailoa played his first game. It was an outstanding. Matter of fact, it was nothing of a game. He did throw a touchdown, but he managed the game. He didn't make any major mistakes, and the Dolphins' defense was all over Jeff Goff, Jared Goff. I think the the Rams are overrated, definitely overrated. The 7-0, only undefeated undefeated team in the NFL, Steelers, beat the 5-2 Ravens 28-24. Mr. Jackson made a bad mistake at the end of the game. This was an entertaining game. This felt like a playoff game. I can't wait for part two Thanksgiving evening. It's going to be the late night game Thanksgiving evening. We'll see where both teams sit there. We'll see if by then the Steelers have picked up a loss or they're still undefeated. And then that raises the stakes of this game. But these two teams might have to play again in the playoffs. They're definitely going to play, like I said, Thanksgiving, but then they might have to bang heads again in the playoffs. So it's this is a testing a litmus test between the two. Can you stop our run, which Pittsburgh did not do? But can the Ravens pass on Pittsburgh, which Pittsburgh stopped? The two and five charges lost to the Broncos, who are now three and four, 31 to 30. I like both young quarterbacks. I like Locke and I like Herbert. 
I think that they have building blocks with these two players. The Broncos also have chubs on defense. The Chargers seem to get leads and lose leads late in the game. Their record could be better than it is, but neither one of these teams are going anywhere. I guess this is a feeling out season to see what their young quarterbacks can do. So, you know, maybe they could hurt somebody's playoff chance or seeding later on, but that's about all you can expect from them. The 5-2 and two Saints beat the 5-2 and two Bears 26-23. Neither one of these teams are very impressive to me. I mean, you know, you got some of these sports announcers who say stupid shit like the Bears in the Super Bowl. They crazy. The Saints are not going anywhere either, especially with Michael Thomas constantly seeming to be injured, and it's kind of flaky. First he gets suspended, then he has this long injury versus a knee, it's a hamstring, it's this, it's that, the other. I mean, they have no Emmanuel Sanders, they have no Michael Thomas, and so you have to work Kimura to death, and Breeze doesn't seem breezy anymore, so I I pretty much, they're just going to be there to rack up a couple of wins. Maybe both teams get 10 wins, get in the playoffs, but then they get bumped in the first week anyway, so it don't really make a difference, right? The 3-4 and four 49ers lost to the 6-1 and one Seattle Seahawks, 37-27, and things got worse for the 49ers. Not only did they lose Garofalo, they have now lost Kittles. So they have no starting quarterback, no starting tight end going forward. So the 49ers Super Bowl last year won't even make the playoffs this year. My Dallas Cowboys, who sit at 2-6, and six, lost to the Eagles, who are 3-4-1. and one. 23 to 9 Sunday night, and the Eagles sit atop a division with a 3, 4, and 1 record. Is that insane in week 8 or what? 3, 4, and 1 with a quarterback in Carson Wentz who was playing like garbage. But the Dallas Cowboys are down to their third string quarterback, and Ben DiNucci started. He looked horrible. He he doesn't even look like he belongs in the NFL. And I don't know if Andy Dalton will even be playing next week, but we'll get to that Saturday. Now, last night, you had the 6-2 and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the now 1-7 Giants, and they win the game 25-23. Daniel Jones has got to stop turning the ball over. Did Tampa look super impressive? No. Tampa does enough to win. They grind it out. They're a lot like the Patriots. They seem to be a grinded out just enough to win. And if you make mistakes like the Giants did with Daniel turning the ball over two times and not being able to complete that pass at the end of the game to push it into overtime, and I guess you don't have to sit back and wonder why the Giants are one and seven. It's been my pleasure talking to you today. I appreciate you being here. I love to hear from you anytime. I don't care negative or positive. It means no difference to me. Positive makes me feel a little better, but it doesn't. I do not have an ego about this, but negative does not tear me down either. So I love to hear from you. Please contact with me. Share, like, subscribe. I will be back Saturday. Like I said, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time right here on Strange Talk with Doc. And you can be a guest. You can join me on this post-election show. It will be a very heated show because I don't 
I cannot and I will not predict what will happen tonight. I will not predict what will happen in this country over the next couple of days. But I'm going to be sitting back just like you in amazement at some of the things that are probably going to happen. And I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every time, people, peace to you and peace to yours. You can count on me and see. 